Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y, even if it's after Steven has left the band, which was partially caused by his cocaine conviction. I mean, the white man was convicted, but it's just sad. Uh, but luckily, it led him to some to, to get some help, and he's made some really cool music since. And I am digging a hole. Um, we we would not have gotten live from home had he not gotten convicted. Um, I guess I'm saying that the wrong man wasn't convicted. I don't think that's right. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not comfortable with that. We should probably talk about this song, which is The Wrong Man Was Tonight, Heidi and Betsy. Welcome, ladies. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. And uh, you guys both know what album this is off from, so I can't ask that question. Um, well, you can. <laughs> but you're going to immediately get it right. But do you know how many years it's been since this song was released? While. This is the 30th yeah. anniversary year. I thought that you So I'm wondering if they're going to release this on uh, vinyls. They have this thing on the anniversaries of releasing it on vinyls. Yeah. We'll have to come back around and talk about it again because you know what? This is not the last song on this album. We will have one more on this album. You guys know who? Do you guys know who wrote this song though? No, it's got Stephen written all over it, but who's reaching That's my guess. Okay, okay. What about you, Heidi? I was just gonna pull it. No cheating. Don't go look. It takes one to know. Oh no way! Haha! I just checked myself. Changed my mind. Wow. Hey, who wrote it? Go ahead, Well, do you really want me to tell you? Wait, was it? It was Tyler. It was, no, it wasn't. No, it was not. It was Andy Creekin. I shall consult the Bible. Don't tell me when. I love how all three of us are looking great. Wait. It doesn't say in the liner notes 
that's all it says is what people think. Now, I got something from there. What did you get? I thought that oh, I got written by. Oh wait, yeah, it is right here. Duffy Page. Is that Page? We got a double Stephen. Stephen double. That makes sense. I had a feeling. It sounds like Page. It sounds like Page. Stephen Tyler? What? Holy cow, what? And YouTube, YouTube told me it was Ed Robertson and Stephen Duffy. And I think they've convicted the wrong man. And they have definitely convicted the wrong man. <laughs> Ed has never written with Steve Duffy. I know. So weird. <laughs> that would be a really interesting song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be. Although I could see why they would get that wrong, because this definitely has a very country feel. It, yeah, but like emo country. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm a bad boyfriend vibe, maybe a little bit I, steam uh, yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, borderline self-harm boyfriend vibe. <laughs> this is the last Paige Duffy song we will be discussing, though. Really? Okay. Yeah. Ever? Well, as long as we're discussing BNL songs, a little sad. Um, they have played this song 14 times live, but they have not touched it since Ships and Dip 5. Mm. However, Steven has played it 16 times on his live from home shows. Mm-hmm. So um, he, I think he likes the song. I think, yeah. I mean, it's definitely in his wheelhouse, right? It's kind of dark, brooding, um, self-reflective, kind of self-indulgent, kind of... A little bit. Yeah. I don't think that he has the guest musicians come on, though. I I think that would be really awkward. Do you guys know who the guest musicians were on this song? Oh, his ex-wife, you mean? Yeah. Well, to be fair, there was a lot of his ex-wife on previous songs, so that's that's true. Yeah, I know Carolyn Ricketts, or the future Mrs. Page at this point, uh, plays the flute, and then Kirsten Nash plays the alto saxophone, and we get Ben Mink on the electric guitar. Nice. And of course, we have Andy on keys, and he is killing it on the keys mm. when they play it live. Well, he does kill it on those keys. I mean, his, his, like, if you watch Intimate and Interactive 4, um, which will be in the liner notes, it is really fun to watch him playing the keyboards on this one. Mm. And the engineer was Delwyn Brooks. Is that Uncle Delwyn? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Delwyn. With the L and with the D. W-Y-N. That's Delwyn. Say it again. <laughs> Uncle Delwyn. That's Uncle Delwyn. <laughs> now, Heidi, yes. could you hear the alto sax on this phone? Because on this song, because I couldn't. Uh, I think I heard something glitch in there, and I wasn't... Like, I heard the flute, I can hear keys. I can't hear the sax, and maybe I just... I don't know. I love it when I'm watching Heidi concentrate. 
I get the flute. Did I screw something? <laughs> there it is. Right there. You, you muted yourself. It is low and it is subtle. Yeah. I, I caught it at the end harmonizing. I, I think I caught it at the end harmonizing with the flute in the lower range of the flute. But it's not right out there. Why would you put it so low in the mix? I don't know. Have <laughs> you able to plug that in and pull it out? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to try to see if I can, because that's going to bug me. Because you can hardly hear it. Yeah. And I've listened to this song a gazillion times. But I couldn't. I Once I knew it was in there, I love a good alto sax. And I yeah, was listening for it. I'm like, where is it's it? It's not prominently factored in. It doesn't have a moment anywhere. Uh, so, wow. Yeah, that's... I really didn't didn't even notice that. And rarely does this happen. We have harmonies from Ed and Andy, but Andy is singing the the major harmony on this one. And I can only tell that because of when I watched the intro intimate and interactive version, you could tell when he was coming in and when the Ed intimate was and interactive version. <laughs> All right, I've, I have like plucked everything I can musically out of this. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Heidi. What can you tell us about this song? Okay, what I can tell us about this is it is uh, about 94 beats per minute. It is in the key of G, but it does have a minor mode in it once we get to the bridge. It follows a typical ABAB form with a bridge and then another AB. So verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. So you get three verses, three chorus. Um, the the verse chorus, the verse and chorus are different in terms of uh, chord progression. We start off, it is capoed on the guitar, but um, if you're going with chord progressions, it's a minor in the key of G major. We have a minor six chord, minor two chord, a five chord to a four chord to a one chord. So it brings you home at the end of each line. So um, who's lonely now? Which one of us is suffering? That's the home chord of G. Who's lonely now? Which one of us is suffering? Who's in his cups? Which one of us recovering? And that takes you home again. But then he shifts in the second two lines of each verse. Uh, who likes to look at pictures and cries, but way too late. <clears throat> that moves you into minor three, minor six, minor three, minor six. And he does that again, three, minor six, two. But then he shifts to a minor two, except 
Ding. It was, then he takes you to the five chord for D, which makes sense because a five chord, uh, any chord to a five chord is what we call a half cadence. So it doesn't give you closure. It's not a deceptive cadence, which is, is a little bit different um, where you think it's going to end. But a half cadence, you know, you've got way more to go. So it takes you, it's not a, what we call a perfect cadence or an imperfect authentic cadence rather, or a perfect authentic cadence where we land on the tonic in a way that resolves it. So for those of you that are not music dorks out there, and since my sidekick Aaron is not with us tonight, um, that brings you home. When he gets to the chorus though, he shifts it right down into that home key of starting on the one chord of G, going to a four chord, to a five chord, to a one chord, which is a very typical rock chord progression. One, four, five, one. So the wrong man was convicted. So from the one chord to the four chord, to the five chord, to the one. So it takes you right through that and he does it again. I thought that you would wait for me, but when he gets to the word once, he shifts it to an A minor, which is a minor two chord in the key. <clears throat> and your once I didn't he needn't heed is a D chord. It takes you to that five chord again. And then he swells you into the wrong man lies beside you. So the G chord again, the one chord to the four chord on beside you. And then he goes to E minor, the six and waits for you to a minor, minor two chord and all four chord because five chord, I lacked conviction is a four to a one chord. And then he takes the judgments, my mistake is a four chord to a five chord, but then he lands on mistake is an E minor chord. So it's a minor six. That's what we call a deceptive cadence. So we are landing somewhere completely different. So we're not done yet. So then he goes into the next verse, which is the same as the first, second verse, same as first. I'm Henry VIII. Oh, oh, sorry. I am. Wrong. We're not on Herman's Hermits Radio. <laughs> the chorus then repeats the same way he did it the first time. Then we shift to the bridge. And this is where things get interesting because they shift completely to a minor mode. When Aaron and I have talked about modes on this show in the past, and I believe after really looking into it and ripping chords apart and stuff, I believe he goes into G Dorian. So it's based on the second degree of the F scale because there's an A sharp, AKA B flat. So I believe it's a G Dorian mode that he uses for the bridge. So it shifts the whole sound, right? Because it, uh, that whole, uh, um, who's lonely now? Who's reaching out to no one? Who's lonely now? Who's reaching out to no one? Who's lonely now? It takes one to know So that is a whole different sound of the song. So he shifts it into another orbit with that minor mode inclusion. And then of course he brings it right back to the verse, going back to that minor six chord, minor two chord and bringing it back in that way. And he again, let ends the entire song on that E minor chord. So on a minor six chord, which is that deceptive 
cadence, which since this song is kind of about being deceiving or deceived and deception in there, I kind of think it really fits. Um, so it's I, it's really, really interesting um, being on one of their earlier albums and seeing this kind of level of of chord use and scales and, and things like that used. But it's very cool because that bridge is complicated. Why'd you have to make that bridge so complicated? <laughs> Had to figure out the minor mode and it was leaving me frustrated. Thanks, BNL, and thanks to Paige, Steve Duffy for writing, because it was awesome to listen to, but I, sorry, I lost it. That was, you went hey, for much longer than I, I thought. I just ripped that right off, so <laughs> thank you, everybody. This was Music Theory Time with Heidi. Dr. Heidi, we'll call me Dr. Heidi. I can't doctor. do that, because I am a doctor. You're going to get calls now. She'd be crazy. Uh, that's actually the A Mixolydian in the fit. No, it's not. Hey, it's Aaron's fault that he's not here to, to argue. Right, right, Aaron. <laughs> How dare he get sick? How dare you? But Betsy, do you have any thoughts on, on the music? It definitely fits the mood of the lyrics. Yeah. Because a lot of times they don't do that. A lot of times they flip flop it. But this is definitely, this is how I'm feeling tone of music. And this is how I'm feeling <laughs> words to accompany. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's, it's unusual for them to match things up like this. Yeah. But then maybe that's what happens when you bring in Duffy. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe it's that's just them like, if efficient. we... If we always do the juxtaposition between these two, then everyone's going to expect it. So every now and then we have to move away from the M. Night Shyamalan ending and do a real yeah. ending. Love those M. Night Shyamalan ding-dongs, you know? M. Night Shyamalan ding-dong. M. Night Shyamalan ding-dong. Wait. This is, for me, the music puts me to sleep. Shyamalan ding-dong. It's just fun to say. It's it just keeps reminding me of Weird Al in my fat video. He's like, and the guy's like, ding dong, man, ding dong. Ding dong, man, ding dong. <laughs> you ain't nothing. <laughs> ding dong, man, Sorry. ding dong. I say that all the time. It will almost be the most feral cat turd. Sorry, ding Tracy. Dong, man. Back to you, Tracy. Back to you, Tracy. <laughs> so for me, this music is... Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. This, it it puts me asleep. Um, I don't find it engaging, and I don't know why. I've thought about it a lot during the week. Um, this is a song I haven't listened to in twenty years. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna come back to it. And this is gonna be one of those sleepers that I was like, I like, I don't know why I, I stopped listening to this. No, <laughs> I'm like. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm I was really shocked. And then I was like, all right, I'm gonna put it away for a couple days. I'm gonna come back to it and then I'm gonna I'm gonna have a whole new look. Nope. Put it away after a couple days, came back, and then I was still like, yeah, doesn't do anything for me. It just there's no I I think there because it's so quiet and slow throughout the whole song. I feel bored by it versus like with break your heart where it stops, starts off slow, but then gets really emotional and powerful. Um, it never crescendos. And so for me, it just sits there and it, I think it goes along with what they're singing about, but it just doesn't work for me. I'm sad. I'm sad that it doesn't work for you. Me too. I'm sorry about that. Hold on. Let me call up Steve Page and Steve Duffy and be like, hey, so uh, yeah, some can you make some changes because you've got some trouble with Tracy and he's kind of the song. So it like, is the trouble with Tracy. Because I will say when it comes to the lyrics, like I love the lyrics. I like, love the I, nightlife. I like to boogie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That's a Mike Myers line from, I can't remember what movie it is, but he's like, I love the nightlife. I like to boogie. On the disco round? I don't know. I was like Bee Gees? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the nightlife. Not. Oh, it is. It's from So I Married an Axe Murderer, where he's like, uh, he says that, that, that yeah. line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so like, many great lines in that movie. I love that movie so much. But there's so many great lines in this song. Like, I love there how, are. like, he does a really great job of of going in a completely, of, of playing on those puns. Um, like, there's three major, like, plays on, on the words in this, and on the experiences in this song. 
like it, it starts off, you, you think it's just this very simple song, but it's not like you've got the comparison of the completely different opposite experiences of the relationship. And at the end, at, at the end of the relationship, like the narrator at the end of the relationship wants that to still be around and for them to still be together. The partner is not there for that. And then later on, like in the song, you have this completely different experience between the two of them where now the, the narrator of the song is the one that is missing all of this. And it's the, the partner that's like, I've moved on. What's wrong with you? Get the net. Another Meg Myers <laughs> night comment. We broke up. Get the net. I do not own a gun, much less many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> do you remember that one? Come on. I haven't seen it yet. It's from Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Oh, I thought we were talking. Oh, I thought we were still talking Hi, about it. No, when, when Tracy said that, it was like, we broke up. And I was like, we broke up. Get the net. <laughs> funny times I just I like that it, it, it's very poetic the way he goes about saying all of this but and, and he's not coming right out and saying I'm the one that is miserable now but at the same time he's implying it enough with the words that he's using that he's pointing out that like there's this really ironic situation where I was the one that blew this up and yet now I'm the one that's miserable and this other guy is the guy who's who's happy with you. Nice drop in Monty. Uh what do you got, Betsy? I I think this song is very heavy emotionally. Um, I wouldn't call it boring. It is slow, but I think it's just so like emotionally <laughs> loaded for me that I can't just pop it on any old time. I uh, there's a lot of um, I connect a lot with this song. The song is um, uh, I mean, without getting too much into it, I did I have gone through a similar situa situation from what the narrator is describing. So I, it's, it, it kind of drains me every time I hear it. Cause it's mm. very kind of wrenching and mm. uh, full of like remorse and stuff. So it's not always a place where I like my brain to go. So mm. it's a bad, bad brain neighborhood. <laughs> but it's, it's I mean, bad but, neighborhood. <laughs> at the same time, it's very beautiful and poetic, and you know, it's well, nice isn't the right word, but it's kind of nice to know that other people have kind of experienced this kind of um, dynamic, I guess. So beautiful, kind of heart wrenching. Uh, and um, well written, but yeah, fucking heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. <laughs> Waste ton. Farging, farging heavy. Farging heavy, man. Well, I. It is a heavy, heavy song. 
Um, and we know, like, it's the line, who's in his cups, which one of us is, is recovering. Uh, <clears throat> Was that a, a term that you were that you recognize? Because I got to say, I had to look that term up. It's, that was It's like, I believe, an alcoholic res- reference. Yeah, yeah it is. They're, they're all dealing with opposites. So I figured right. the fun person's recovering, the other person's... Exactly. Um, yeah. And the he... This is the, the tale of Steve Page in so many ways. Like, he... makes bad decisions in his lyric writing and but he's like but like i'm i'm sorry now but um it you know i i thought you'd wait for me your wants i didn't listen to them but the wrong man's lying beside you now all because i lacked conviction to like dude let it go Um, the, I love the fact that it's whiny his... teenage boy stuff in so many ways. Maybe I've taught high school for too long, but it's like, I changed my mind. You said that I could change it back. I wanted space, but now change has fallen through the cracks. If I'm again, that, your body, don't tell me change. where it's been. Yeah. It's cruel. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite line in the whole fucking song. Oh, whole part of my French ing song. It's cruel, unusual punishment to kiss fingerprinted skin. That line is brilliant. However, seriously, dude, you didn't want her anymore. You made poor decisions. You made her make a choice because you wanted space. You wanted change. And now you're like, oh, but I really like it's like every really stupid um romance hallmark lifetime tv movie crap like the guy treats the girl like garbage and then oh my gosh i really did love you she is with somebody else trying to move on and and then he comes to the door in the middle of the night with like signs and roses and she's supposed to be like oh okay like thank you i guess um and now you're saying, you know, the wrong man lies beside you. And but if we do get back together, just don't tell me who else you've been with. You've been with right. so many other chicks, dude. You've been with so many, but it's not okay after you've officially left me. What? Yeah. yeah. So I love this song, but it's still it like it's like really, really. I love the whole who's lonely now, who's reaching out to no one, who's lonely now. It takes one to no one. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. But I, in other, but I do think that he's lyrically, uh, as far as vocally, rather, he does some really amazing singing in this, especially when I love some of his work in this. Um, he gets down into his low range, but then when he shifts into that, in into the um, the second part of the chorus, uh, I it's just the wrong man lies beside you. Where he shifts up, it's just so nice. Um, but oh man, there there are 
there's so many thoughts when it comes to really when two men dream of you at night do you just dream of him yeah because you left me you dickwad so of course i'm only dreaming of him sorry parental earmuffs but oh, we, seriously, we Betsy, now you can get mad about it like it's not like oh it's so heavy it's like what like uh yeah <laughs> that's just what i'm getting from it i see okay do you guys think because there were some people online that thought that the girl was seeing two guys at the same time one of them no. being the narrator and i'll admit i didn't ever get that feeling from this song i thought they were it's not like, like two different time frames to me that's yeah. what i thought as well He's admitted, you know, I did the deed. I thought that you would wait for me. Your wants, I needed heat. I didn't have to, you know, pay attention to what you wanted. I didn't have to bring you flowers anymore. <laughs> I didn't have to take you out. What is that other song? Like, I should have taken you dancing or whatever it was. I can't remember. Uh, it, it'll come to me. But it's like, yeah, maybe you should do all of those things. And then you can't just take somebody for granted and then want them back yeah all because i lacked conviction no it's all because you didn't care about her until she was with somebody else and then you're like oh well if i can't have you so i guess i really do want you like eh. and, and that that's a really Real good point answer. i i get the play on words with conviction i love that play on words yeah oh um, i do too but i hate this point of view of of for exactly that that reason like, it's not a lack of conviction. If you're wondering whether or not that person is right for you before you're with them, then they're probably not right for you. I think he just needs to look in the mirror and go, okay, it's time to move on. Like, he has not yeah. spaced himself enough yet. She has found someone that she's happy with. Why? Right. Why can't he just accept that? Like, why? Either that or another possible take is when he says, um, uh, I thought that you would wait for me, your wants I needed. He maybe, like, maybe she said, I don't want you going on the road. It, we're not going to last in a long, like, distance relationship, or it could be somebody goes to boot camp or, like, whatever. You didn't, I thought you'd wait for me, but then you picked up another guy because. I did, you know, I had to do my thing. And now my judgment, because I lacked the conviction to make a decision to stay with you, who I was supposed to love. I don't know. That's far fetched. I still think he was just. I, oh, yeah, maybe, I'm not getting that with some of the other yeah, lines. I like my my original interpretation better. I think the original interpretation, it, it fits more closely with some of the other lines. But it also your what you said too goes with the who's lonely now. Um, so yeah. Like obviously Again. she was lonely in the relationship before. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But he may <laughs> you done messed up AA Ron, so you better just deal with it. Yeah. Um, there is one more note that I wrote down. Um Uncensored. What, no, was it? Was it an F sharp? Because I always write down an F sharp. Ha ha ha. Um, Annie uncensored on song meetings said, "As I recall, this one and am I the only one? 
are on this album are both one about lead singers, this one from the era, both and the Steve fronting the band, that where one of the lead singers was in love with the woman who had married his brother, and these two songs were about her. Now, I gotta say, I've never found that anywhere. If anyone wants to come forward and say that's the truth, I would love to hear that and, and have proof of that. Meaning that Stephen was in love with his brother's wife, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I have never seen anything Again, about it's that. It's like a Hallmark movie. Oh, I love like it's like oh, what was that movie with Sandra Bullock where the brother falls in love with her, but he's not really married to the brother. She just picked him up off a train. Oh yes, while you were sleeping. While you were sleeping, right? No, I don't think I don't think that's the thing. Now, um, what I, mean, I do could, think is interesting is... Hold on, Steve, we need answers, so if you could just come up <laughs> on the show, that would be super great. I I think it's really cool that Break Your Heart was written for this album. It wasn't released with this album. They waited until the next album to release Break Your Heart. But with Break Your Heart, you have this person who can't make a decision and regrets the fact that they can't make the decision and ends up hurting her. And then you have this song, which is the exact opposite, where the guy makes the decision and then turns around and regrets it. Steve, you can't have it both ways, buddy. No, and that, but that's the problem is don't so many people want it both ways? Like, you want your side hustle and you want the things you wanted, but then you want to go home and have... Uh, they call it a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Betsy's tired. And she just gave me a look like, I don't know what you just said. I ignored that. Oh, I know what you said. <laughs> you want your cake and you want to eat it too. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. So what are we going to rate this tonight? I think that we should rate this on how many... Oh, stop playing. Son of a gun. I say that we should we should record we should uh rank this based on how many prisoners of love this this song. Oh how many you. POLs? <laughs> Was it wait who Mel Brooks? <laughs> prisoners <laughs> of love. Loose guys prisoners of, love. of love. Um <laughs> Who was I, the? Who was it that did? Was it Tears for Fears that was Chains of Love? That was no, that was Erasure. Erasure, the Chains of Love. <laughs> Prisoner of Love makes reminds me of oh, what was that movie with the glass? The uh, Midnight Express. Yeah, that was an amazing face you just. <laughs> <laughs> People can't see me. They don't know. We can. Well, yes, you can. But maybe the wrong woman was convicted. So. <laughs> wrong woman. Well, Heidi, how many prisoners of love do you give this song? I really do. I, I have a love-hate relationship with this song. I like the sound of the song. I like the, the lyric writing of the song. It makes me frustrated at the, the, um, the, 
protagonist, the main character, not really protagonist. Narrator? The narrator, let's say, uh, from that person's view. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, but I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this 4.5 Prisoners of Love. Okay. What about you, Betsy? How many Prisoners of Love do you give this song? Uh, it's hard because I'm trying to rate the song for the lyrics and the music, but it stirs up a lot of bad shit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's also a factor. Um, so I guess um, if I'm trying to be pragmatic and, and rate it for what it is um, without you know, condemning it for <laughs> how it makes me feel, I guess. Uh, it's got, you know, really strong lyrics and they've got the clever twists on it that Steven does, either Steven, I suppose, in this scenario. Um, and it has that great key that's very, um, you know, spot on for the emotion. So I think it's a solid song with solid writing and but i'm not gonna listen to it a lot <laughs> I just, <laughs> uh, so i guess i'd say 3.8 okay all right um i'm so sorry betsy <laughs> thank you yeah i'm sorry that that brings up so much stuff for you yeah um the lyrics are amazing I love everything about them. I love the play on words. Um, it's the music that I don't like in this song. And it's not that I don't like it. It's it's still nice. It just it doesn't speak to me. It doesn't pull me in. Um, the part of the song that I like the most was the, the first line of the bridge. Um, so I'm giving it 2.5 for all of the lyrics. The lyrics half gets a 2.5. Really great. The rest of the song is competently done, but it just doesn't speak to me. So I'm going to give it a 2.6 total. Okay. 2.6 total? Yep. Wow. Hater raid. Hater yeah, I, very much. Very much. It's not bad. It's a competent song. I just don't like it. <laughs> and guys, that finishes the W's. What? Yes, there are no X's. X's. Yes, there are no Z's. Yes, well, that leaves not, us not only the Y's. Huh? <laughs> yes, that leaves us only the Y's. Why? Now, people may who get my puns are thinking enough and is enough is enough is enough. Yes, is enough yes, again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep seeing all these puns over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, it, yes, it, yes. <laughs> oh, do you did you get that the song that we're doing next week? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Yes, no, no, yes, no, no, yes. No, 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 yes. <laughs> so please come back next week while we Another movie reference. But I don't know, because maybe they've had enough is enough is enough is enough is enough is enough is enough. Again. It's my mistake. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 